0: WXDXFM Pittsburgh
1: It's time for pirate truisms There's so much fertilizer being spread My god, it's getting laid on thick So I want to bring up some undeniable bucko truth Bob Notting is a billionaire And the ninth richest owner in MLB He can afford to spend more money, he just chooses not to. The Pirates will show a profit this year before even one ticket is sold. Nutting does not want to sell the Pirates, period. The Pirates are not rebuilding, or reloading, or contending. They are maximizing profit by any means possible. That is the franchise's philosophy. The Pirates got okay return for Cole and zero return for Kutch. Nutting is the proprietor of the scam, except it's not really a scam. The pirates are conning you out of your money in plain sight. Coonley, Huntington, and Hurdle are just following orders. But they know what's going on. They are part and parcel. They are co-conspirators. In three years, PNC Park is going to be 20 years old, and Nutting is going to want your tax dollars to pay for renovation. Notting does not care about winning. When it occurs, it's a happy accident that produces him more revenue. Sick again. Brought you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, I'm sure there's more to add to that but that's definitely a user's guide the main priority is profit and everything else trickles down your thoughts on the donation of Todd Haley he's out as offensive coordinator now 412333 WXDX you know what really did hurt Haley that he never played the game how could Ben Roethlisberger with his two rings in his Hall of Fame career, respect a guy who never played the game? Uh, better still, how could he be bossed around and sometimes treated coarsely by a man who never played the game? That figured a lot into this. Believe me, that figured a whole lot into this. Uh, The Penguins play tonight at Anaheim, 10 p.m. Going to have Rupper on in just about eight minutes to talk hockey. The Penguins have won four straight, but there's a long way to go to get a playoff spot. The Penguins are in that last wild card spot right now. But they're also just three points out of second place in the Metro. And that's the spot I think they should be shooting for. Second place in the Metro. Uh, I got to give credit to Jake Gensel. He's playing third-line center because the Pens right now just need a third-line center. Full disclosure, Gensel doesn't have a point yet this year since Jan 1, but he's helping the team and even killing some penalties. Penguins are doing great on the PK lately. I'll break down the numbers in a bit. And part of that, I think, is because Gensel is on the PK and even Crosby is getting a few shifts on the PK. I don't know if you want to take that risk with those guys indefinitely. But when you're trying to dig out of a hole, it's all hands on deck. Penguins are getting out of the hole, but they're not quite escaped. The Penguins got three games on the West Coast, and that's a big test. To really keep the momentum going, they've got to win two out of three. Anaheim tonight with Johnny Whitehall in goal. Not a great season for them so far, but never an easy opponent at Anaheim. Uh, Alexiak is growing on me. I like his burst. I like his shot. I like his aggression. The fourth line looks pretty good right now. The primary reason the Penguins have won four straight is because the stars are producing like stars. And when that happens, it's easier for some of the lesser things to come together, and that is indeed happening. Uh, Condolences to Penguins goaltender Matthew Murray on the death of his father, James. Uh, That's why Murray has been away with the team, Uh, and he's still away. He went to Thunder Bay, Ontario, his hometown, to be with his family. Uh, Muzz is a good guy, and his father obviously died far too young. So, uh, again, thoughts and sympathies to Matt Murray, his friends, and family. Uh, There's bad weather in Charlotte, North Carolina. And and bad weather in Carolina means like two to four inches of snow, which is, you know, dog manure here. But in Carolina, those hicks don't know what to do when the snow lays. So the American Hockey League game there tonight in Charlotte is closed to the public. They're going to play, but tickets won't be honored and will be refunded it's an empty arena match like Jerry the King Lawler versus Terry Funk in Memphis. My eye. Oh, God, my eye. You, 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 you've you, hurt my eye. Uh, oh, and there's backlash because Kid Rock will perform at the NHL All-Star Game. Because Kid Rock endorses Donald Trump. Because if you like Trump... Your career should be over. You know, a lot of people voted for Trump. Maybe the people who voted for Trump will enjoy it performing at the All-Star Game. And like Jeremy Roenick said from uh, NBC, he called Kid Rock the greatest musician alive. That is a bit of a stretch. Oh, wait, this breaking news. Uh... This goes to show you how they don't know how to handle snow in the Carolinas. You know who wrecked into a pine tree? Dale Earnhardt Jr. If he can't figure it out, I don't know if there's hope for any of those other hillbillies down in Ric Flair country. 412 333 Let's go to Tyler in Baldwin. Tyler, you're on with double M.
0: Yeah, hey Mark. Hey, I just wanted to say my my biggest problem with Haley is just you know the constant screenplays behind the line of scrimmage, you know thrown deep on you know crucial parts of the game. You know you only need ten yards, and we're throwing for thirty or forty yards down the field. See,
1: I, I, I can't hate his play calling. There are certain elements of it I didn't like. I thought he tried to be too clever by half far too often. I don't think he knew how to get one tough yard when it was needed. Uh, the offense. Did struggle in the red zone, no doubt about that. But his offense got all the yards. It scored a lot of points. It kept Ben healthy. It didn't get to a Super Bowl. But let's not mix issues here. Todd Haley isn't being brought back for one reason and one reason only. He couldn't get along with Ben, and Ben was no longer going to buy into him. That's the only reason he's not coming
0: back, brah. Well, the only other thing is, I mean, you never see play action. You never see, you know, any trick plays. I mean, the guy just he just calls the same plays over and over. It just seems like that. I don't know. Yeah,
1: but he got a lot of yards and got a yeah. lot of points and got a lot of wins. So again, you're you're confusing the issue. Thank you for the call. Todd Haley got let go because his relationship with Ben was crumbling, and they wanted to get rid of him. Haley, before it became a real distraction. Not that Mike Tomlin did much to minimize distraction all this year. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. 39. Up next, it's time to talk hockey with former Penguin Mike Rupp. I'm Mark Madden 1059.
2: This is Phil Kessa of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden, the best hockey talk on 1059, the X.
1: The Penguins are at Anaheim tonight. You can hear all the action right here on the X. Joining me now to discuss hockey from the NHL Network, it's former Penguin Mike Rupp. Rupp, the Penguins have won four straight. Are they truly on a roll, or do you have any disclaimers right now?
3: No, I think they're they're on a roll and they're doing something that they've been unable to do and are attempting to do it um, this year, as far as putting that. Five game win streak together and, uh, it's going to be tough out in California. But listen, though, the one thing I know just from just over the years of playing in the Western or sorry, Eastern Conference, when you go out west, that California trip, no matter what those teams are like in the standings, um, that's a trip that, uh, can do a lot of making and breaking in, uh, the standings. So I think that, uh, coming out of this California swing here, um, this could be something really special and turning this, this, uh, I don't want to say turn the season around, but get this team back to the level that we think that they can play at. So, um, but I think it's, it's great and, uh, I've been really impressed with the, kind of the, uh, the line combinations and how you kind of, Mike Sullivan, uh, it does such a great job of kind of pushing those buttons, man. He's done it since he's, um, been at the helm and, and it seems to kind of just uh, enough to get guys going. We're seeing Sydney Crosby, elevate his game and he's been spectacular lately
1: the power play is number one in the league for pittsburgh 26.3 percent and i gotta be honest i still don't think it shoots enough rupper. but when it does the puck goes in it's a very it's a power play that cuts the line very fine but you can't argue with those numbers
3: no i I agree with you i think that sometimes uh when that puck's getting snapped around i I think what we've seen now especially this year uh, that power play I don't want to say, it. I think that's what makes it so deadly is it's not it's not very predictable as far as who it's going to go through, And, and but I think we're starting to see it go through Phil kind of on that outside of that uh, left uh, uh, hash marker uh, on the arc there, and he's so good. We know about his shot, but he's so good at just floating some in there in the back door, whether it's Sid back there or you got... Uh, horny in front of the net, and, and it creates a lot. And I think that, you know, I know the times when we see this power play generating opportunities, it's just getting that puck through there. And Phil's done a great job of it. I, I'd like to see more shooting from all over the place. Um, but you can't argue the numbers. They That's been uh, the saving grace this year.
1: Is player movement just as important as puck movement when it comes to power play? Because the Penguins rotate their guys very well.
3: Yeah, so, uh, as far as a, a penalty killer, you know, movement is confusion and, uh, for the penalty killers. And when you have puck movement is one thing, but, you know, this is, this is the best league in the world. You get sticks and puck lanes. So you got to have body movement. And when you have body movement, a lot of times uh, on that penalty kill, you're used to, uh, you know, you, you kind of know and you, you go off of your experiences. You know that. A lot of times um, you don't even have to look where a guy is. You know what what lanes and what seams open up wherever the puck goes, so you move your stick in that lane and you you kind of play conservatively in those areas and and try to take away uh, those passes through the box. But when you have... When you have players moving and and kind of ad-libbing, it makes it very difficult because at times you're going to default to what you know. You're going to put your stick in the stick lane, and guess what? There's nobody even there, and now another seam opens up. So I think that's huge, and having guys and uh, the ability. Um, a lot of power plays in the league lack guys who can get up at the top and and make those plays, and the Penguins have no shortage of them. I mean, you can have at different times uh, Chris Latang and uh, Justin Schultz. You can have Sid up there, Gino up there, you can have Phil up there, and guys that just kind of roll around and get some movement, and it makes it it makes it extremely um, confusing and and really unpredictable for penalty killers.
1: The Penguins are seven and two this year in games decided during three on three overtime. That's not exactly surprising, is it?
3: <laughs> no <laughs> look who they get to ice out there and throw out on the on the in those overtimes i mean you can you can stack the deck if you want and sometimes uh we've seen in the past where you'll have a you know uh a, maybe a, a a sid and uh and a jay gensel out there and what that allows you to do or, or doesn't allow you to do i guess as, as an opponent is you you want to make sure you have certain guys out there that are going to Neutralize maybe Sid and, uh, have him out there. But when you put Sid out there with, with Gensel or, or who, whoever it may be, now you've got to come back and, and you got to find a way to get someone to keep, uh, Evgeny Malkin intact. And, and you also want to try to win in those overtime. So you're going to put your skill guys out there who aren't necessarily the greatest to shutting those guys down. And, and, uh, it just, it just creates a lot of mismatches because you have so many options. And I think that goes back to, even the, the lines five on five and, and in those overtimes and in those power plays, um, they have options. And uh, when when you have guys that can be elevated, their game be elevated by playing with certain players um, like a Crosby and Malkin and and Phil. It just you can't you can't match it. You can't find ways to shut them down. And um, you know you got to kind of pick your poison.
1: We're talking to Mike Rupp from the NHL Network. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Portia. It seems like the bye week did depend some good. I mean, that figures, but they came back and settled in, and there's a common consistency about their game right now, isn't there?
3: There is, and it's uh, sometimes just getting that clarity, and, and things weren't great going into that break, and um, there's a lot of question marks, but you get away from it a little bit and just kind of recalibrate things mentally, and, and you get a um, you know a, kind of a crack at it, and, and although it's only a few days, uh, you know, five days—it's that's an eternity in an NHL season. So you feel uh, rejuvenated, you feel fresh, and you feel like there's a, a story to be written still. And you don't have to get caught in the rut of a losing streak or your team struggling. It's a fresh start to some extent, and uh, I thought they've handled it really well.
1: Larry Brooks wrote in the New York Post that Sid was in decline. Since then, <laughs> Sid has absolutely ripped it up, and I blame Larry Brooks Roper for not writing that column sooner. Uh, do, do athletes respond to media criticism or fan criticism? Uh, what were you like in that regard? What were some of your teammates like?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that you, um, I think that we've seen it now a couple times with Sid, and I, I don't think Sid would be one to react to an individual article or, or being kind of called out by uh, I, I, I don't know,
1: Rupper. I know for sure Sid reads everything and hears everything.
3: Yeah, you you dated back though. Then when he caught fire, um you know what was it? Two years ago, uh, before the sixteen cup and, and after Christmas there, and how he got going. I think it was. um I think there's a special breed for guys like that, and you know what? And I'll lump in some other superstars in the league, and, and Alexander Ovechkin, some of these other guys, where when they when they don't feel like they are getting their due. Um, not that it's about them being, getting, you know, pumped up in the, through the media and everything, but they know how much they want to be great and how great they are. And when they're not getting that credit, yeah, I think it does kind of spur them on and get them going. Um, you know, I don't, uh, it's something that, uh, they've demanded that to be the best, um, you know, a guy like Sid, he expects to be the best player, and and he generally is. And so when that's in question, or people are questioning that, I think that uh, it's human nature. They're like, whoa, whoa, let's not forget what uh, what I've done in my career, and and I'm not done yet. So I think that that's uh, human nature for those kind of guys. Guys I played with, they the superstars, they respond that way. They want that. They want to to uh, to be. Uh, to be known as being great. And, uh, they, they respond in those situations.
1: Rupper, the Penguins defense is kind of settling in as well, but I'll be honest, I still can't believe Matt Hunwick is playing ahead of Ian Cole. Uh it looks like Mike Sullivan just isn't going to play Ian Cole, give an opportunity to play somebody else.
3: Yeah. You know, I, I think that this, when I, um, just to go on my experiences with, which, with coach Sullivan and, and that was in New York with John Tortorella. And this was, uh, they're very big on, which most teams are, but I think they were kind of a ahead of the curve a little bit, if you will. They they want speed, speed kills, and they want skating ability. And I'm not going to argue for a second. Um, you know, Ian Cole to me, is an absolute warrior. He'll do anything he can to secure a, a block shot or do whatever he can to kind of contribute to his team winning. But these guys love, and I don't want to say these guys with John Terrell and, and Mike Sullivan, but then we saw when Sullivan got into Pittsburgh there and how the team became faster, more offensive. And well, and, and,
1: and it's a speed league too right now, isn't it?
3: It is, it is. But they they were, Mike Sullivan was thinking that before the rest of the league did it. So I think that, you know, it's, it's a quick turnaround. They're always looking to infuse young guys um, certain coaches in the league are, are looking to do that. And I think that that's why you see certain players over the last couple of years get out, burst on the scene. Jake Gensel, Connor Sherry, Dominic Simone, uh, Daniel Sprong get an opportunity. Now, these guys that can, that can move and make plays. And that's, it's huge. And, um, the, the, not that Matt Hunwick, I mean, he's played 500 plus games in the NHL. Not that he's young and youthful, but he can skate. And I, I they want a skating puck moving team. And I think he'll get every opportunity to uh, continue to claim that spot. I mean, you know what you're getting with Ian Cole. And he's not, at this point in his career, he's not going to change, but he's done a lot of great things in this Penguins uniform as well. So, um, you know, I think maybe against certain personnel, maybe come down um, the, the, the stretch and into the playoffs, it, it, depending on which teams they play and what personnel those teams have, um, will, will make a difference on the back end.
1: People keep waiting for a big trade here in Pittsburgh. But I've been told NHL general managers really don't want to trade with Rutherford, that they don't want to help the Penguins. They're tired of the Penguins winning. You buying that?
3: <laughs> I, those, uh, GMs will do whatever they need to do. If they feel like they're better in their team, they're going to do it. Uh, they, I don't think that that is anything. I don't think they'll have any problem helping the Penguins as long as they feel that they're getting helped as well. Maybe Eastern Conference teams are going to shy away from trading with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But uh, the Western Conference, they don't give a darn. They're going to try to get better in, in, in their situation as well. Um, you know, I think one, one guy that could potentially create a, a bigger trade for me is um, is Tristan Jari. And there's so, such a need for certain teams where the goaltender of the future and I think he's been very good, and he's kind of shown that what he can do. So what does that mean for the Penguins? Are the Penguins willing to do something like that? I don't know. He's been spectacular. Well, well you Rupert, know.
1: It, it just seems like given their need in these last two cup runs for two good goalies, I, I think Jari might be a keeper with the way he's played.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that, that was my next point is we've seen that in recent, um, you know, last year. Uh, the Penguins wouldn't have won the cup without the two goalies they had. So, um, that's something that, uh, you, you know, that Jim Rutherford and, 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 the coaching staff is very aware of. Um, but yeah, I would probably say outside of potentially a team blowing their doors off for Tristan Jari, I don't really see a big move going to be in place down the stretch here. I think it's going to be, um, the basic adding a deaf player that we've seen in the past on, on defense uh you know the Ron Hainseys of the world and, and these kind of guys so um you know or Trevor Daly of the past and um I, I just don't see a big move really being in the pipeline here
1: Rupper, great stuff as always we'll talk next week
3: awesome good stuff
1: that's Mike Rupp from the NHL Network you can also catch him on AT&T Sportsnet locally he's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche make every day a Porsche day with the new Macan. if you're just tuning in Todd Haley is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's been confirmed by the organization. Chris Mortensen is reporting that he'll be replaced by Randy Fickner, the quarterback's coach, which I think always was and certainly is a good bet. Your reaction, 412 wxdx Also, uh, Garrett Cole, talking to the Houston media, took a clear shot at the Bucs. I'll let you know what he said in one moment. 105.9.
3: And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Does
1: your girlfriend want to bang a penguin? Well, bang,
3: but I
0: guess if that's your freebie, then my freebie would be Crosby. But uh...
1: Wait, what?
0: VX at
1: 105.9. Here's what Garrett Cole said upon meeting the Houston media, uh, his introductory press conference in Astro. Quote, it's refreshing to come to an environment where the team is willing to continually put resources into the club and continue to move forward and try to provide the best possible product for its fans, unquote. Is Cole a little bit low-rent for taking a shot at the Pirates after he leaves? Yeah, but I've always thought Garrett Cole was kind of low-rent. Drinks too much, yells too much, doesn't win enough. You saw him at the Penguin Games. Low-rent. A redneck. And he obviously has no baseball history, Because what the Pirates are doing right now, stripping it to the bone, the Astros did not too long ago to get to where they're currently at. To get to be World Series champions. Now, the Astros finished the job and augmented their core. But they run things, how can I put this? The Astros run things like the Pirates, only better. They run things like the Pirates, but... Winning does figure in to the philosophy with Houston and just does not with the Astros. Not, like I said, Garrett Cole's not a class act. I'm not surprised at all to hear him take a shot at the Bucs. And, you know, I can't say that it's not true. The Pirates don't do what Cole described. But the Astros don't always either. Pro Football Talk says, amid waffling reports of Randy Fickner being the next offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, something think Mike Munchak might get the gig. Well, Chris Mortensen is reporting that Fickner's going to get it, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, Munchak was supposed to get a second interview for the head coaching spot in Arizona, and he turned it down. There was a report that Munchak's family wants him to stay in Pittsburgh, that there are some considerations in that regard. But I'll be very honest. Can you see an offensive line guy being an X's and O's guy when it comes to being the offensive coordinator guy? Because I don't trust Munchak to do that. That doesn't mean he's not a great offensive line coach. I mean, wouldn't you rather have that guy coaching the offensive line as opposed to being an offensive coordinator? Is Ben going to listen to some guy out the trenches? I don't know that he won't, but I don't know that he will, and I don't know that I would if I were Ben. I think Fickner's the safe choice, the smart choice, the best choice. Then again, there's so many political games played down there, and with any sports organization – Here's an example. The wide receivers coach just retired. Heinz Ward, I'm sure wants the job, has served as a coach in an informal capacity with the Steelers during camp in the past. That would be buddy system. The Steelers need less buddy system, not more buddy system. They're not going to fire any of the defensive coaches apparently, so... The buddy system with Joey Porter, who's a buffoon and a mascot more than a coach, that'll live on, but why add on to that? But now Mark Kabali of The Athletic is suggesting that the Steelers hire Danny Rooney, Art's kid, to be the wide receivers coach. because apparently he's worked with the receivers as a coaching assistant during camp the past couple of years. Danny Rooney's like 27 years old. I don't know what his football background is, but I know he didn't play in the National Football League. We, we, we would have heard about that. So, when I say I don't want him to do buddy system, well, that wouldn't be buddy system. That skips past buddy system and goes all the way to nepotism. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think the Steelers are among the best organizations in football. Sometimes I think they succeed despite themselves. Hey, one thing I know about Danny Rooney is he's white. You telling me receivers gonna listen to a white coach? Richard Mann, great coach, great coaching career. He black, very qualified to coach wide receivers. 412, 3339, 39. Let's go to Stush in the car. Stush.
0: Go to Mark Madden, so. Hey, Thanks for taking my call, Mark. Right, and hey, Mark, not to be a jerk, with all due respect. When I played, and I played for probably the most longest tenured uh, offensive line. Respect Jim Hibber, he finished up ten a couple of years ago. When we had to report to him, he's great. You had to know every play on that team. I think you might be pitching on. Say
1: I didn't say he knows the only the offensive line calls. I just don't know about an offensive lineman's play calling acumen. I, I, I just I, don't know if I'd trust him to have the rhythm of calling a, a game, X's and O's wide. I just I don't trust him to do that. And keep in mind, Munchak was a total bust as head coach at Tennessee, was he not? Well, when he
0: was a Penn State, I was a temple. I'm going to tell you what, Mike was one of the best offensive linemen he'd ever run.
1: Yeah, I know that. I, mean, I, I, I I understand that. He's in the... Hall of Fame. That doesn't mean he should be the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll agree
0: and disagree. I'll leave it at that. Thanks.
1: Well, you haven't made a compelling argument as to why he should be, except that he was one of the greatest defensive linemen ever. Now, if he wants to come out of retirement and play, that's another thing. Let's go to Jason in Steubenville. Jason, you're on with Double M. Double M, how you doing? Good
3: got a question for you. What do you think about maybe Josh McDaniels being the offensive coordinator you know, from the Patriots? Why would that he
1: that? leave New England to take the job here?
0: Well, rumor has he's trying to get that job as head coach of the Colts. So
3: I know right, that's head that.
1: coach. That right. comes with more power and more money. So I ask again, why would he leave New England to become offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh? It's Steelers. Of right, right, there. because that would be a big step up from the – Team that wins every Super Bowl and has the greatest quarterback ever. Uh, You hung up, didn't you, to come coach the Steelers' offense. You idiots. Let's go to Andrew in Austin, Texas. Andrew, you're on the Mark Madden Show.
0: Hi, how are you? Good. That's good. Uh, I'm one of the few that will defend the Pirates on the Colin McCutcheon trade.
1: Oh, this should be good. Go ahead.
0: Uh, okay, so no matter who we acquired or how much the Pirates are willing to spend in free agency this year, do you believe they would have been able to contend for a title?
1: I'm not, I've never said they should spend more money in free agency this year. The time to do it was in 2016 when they had that great team that won 98 games the year before. They needed to keep all the guys they ran out of time to save money then and augmented that core with free agents to keep the window open and maximize it. Now, spending more money, you're right. It would be a senseless exercise. But they effed up uh, two years ago, and
0: that leads us to now, which is hopeless. Okay, I understand and I respect that position. However, two years ago, of our players that left, aside from Jay Half, who has played worth their new contract with their new team? Who has uh, played up to that now?
1: How can you say that they wouldn't have played up to whatever contract the Pirates gave them had they stayed here?
0: I think based on the fact that they're all underperforming elsewhere, and none of the guys who so, left. So, so the situation
1: teams. for them, the lineup, the ballpark, the pitchers they face, the pitchers they play behind—that's all identical, and we can assume that gets carried over from there to here. If, if they, no, but you can you can compare the advanced analytics behind it. Like, oh, advanced pitchers. analytics. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. Because obviously, I don't know what I'm talking about, bro. They needed to keep the team together, and even if it hadn't worked, at least it would have been a show of good faith. At least it would have given the fans bang for their buck after the fans had given the Pirates so many bucks of their own.
0: Okay, I understand that. I agree that 2015 was our best chance to win a championship.
1: We had no, 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 the no, 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 no. To- 2016 was their best chance to win a championship, but before you know it, a bunch of good players left and a bunch of bad players replaced them, which the Pirates could have and should have prevented.
0: I don't know that I believe we would have won in two thousand sixteen i I don't think there's a
1: guarantee for any team to win any year. All I ever wanted was the effort the best effort of the club to to keep oh. the window open and maximize it. Do you think they maximized their window?
0: I think thirteen to fifteen was our window and then no no no, the you're you're the no you're wrong you're absolutely why don't you just go like the visit. No, I I didn't interrupt you. I mean to say, well, you know, you know
1: what? I can interrupt you anytime I want because it's my freaking show. Okay, you get your show, then you can dictate the rules. But when I tell you to shut up, you shut up, bitch. Okay, shut up. Analytics, analytics, analytics. Can't spend that kind of money. Can't spend that kind of money. Can't spend that kind of money. What a friggin' tool. 412. You you know what the worst thing about analytics is? It gives anybody who reads an analytics book or goes online and studies analytics, they think they're the GM and that they know more. You know, it's not just about numbers. Although baseball as a sport is as close to a game that's about numbers totally as any game. But, like Buster Olney and I were talking about earlier, There's an emotion of the game. And there's what you owe your fans. And after they won 98 games in 2015, they needed to keep the five guys they ran off, three in the offseason and two more by the trade deadline, and build upon that with good players to take that team over the top, like they did in Kansas City, like they're trying to do in Cleveland like they've done in the past in Florida. That's what they needed to do, and they didn't. But analytics, analytics, analytics. You know what's great? Like a guy like Travis Sawchik, he used to work for the Post-Gazette. He's like this big analytics expert. He works for some analytics website, writes analytics books. Oh, he's a real expert. He makes a tenth of what I do. Talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9.
3: And now, the super genius, Mark Madden.
1: None of what you're saying is reasonable. It's laughable. Ah. You're already dumb. Let's see if you can go to dumber. The X at 105.9. Joining me now is Bob McGaw. I'm Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, Bob, the official word out of New England is Tom Brady was limited in practice due to injured right hand. What if he doesn't play Sunday?
2: <laughs> if he doesn't play Sunday, Mark, we don't have enough bridges in the area for people to jump off him. I I know we got a lot of them, but unbelievably missed opportunity. I don't know what the problem is out there, but if he doesn't go Sunday and with everything that Steelers had lined up uh, in their favor, wow. One for the legend. I mean, just one for the history books.
1: Well, I can't believe that he would not play unless he would you know, lose a finger on that hand. Maybe even then he'd... To, try to tape it up and give it a go. But uh, I knew that the loss to Jacksonville would somehow turn out to be even worse than we do on the day, and maybe that'll be if Brady doesn't play. Maybe it'll be if Jacksonville wins, even if Brady does play. But uh, the Steelers should have won that game this past Sunday. Uh, your thoughts on the dismissal of Todd Haley today? Uh, not really dismissal. His contract ran out. It, it's one of those things. Like I said earlier, if you're outside the Steelers bubble, you can't believe they got rid of the coordinator who scored all those points and got all those yards. If you're in their Pittsburgh bubble, it seems like the right thing to do, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? I mean, just looking at some of the social uh, media reaction and and that's from the people who cover the team and who write for the league and everything. Um, Yeah. If you're on it, you know that this divorce had to happen. If you lived it, if you went through it, you know that there was no communication anymore between the two, and it was going to blow up next year. And for as much as they have right now, as much as positive you know, on the offense at quarterback, wide receiver, running back, that's with Bell coming back next year, of course, they have every opportunity to be back there again in it. But you're not going to have that if you've got two of the most important people on the offense not even dealing with each other. So it had to happen.
1: What is your take on who should replace them? Uh Chris Mortensen says it's going to be Fickner, but there seems to be uh, breaking reports that Mike Munchak is also being heavily considered. Uh, what are the pros and cons of each?
2: Well, I think that the pros of Fickner, if you're trying to get Ben comfortable with somebody in that position so that he can do his thing over the next year or two or three, is however long he wants to stay, then it's got to be Randy Fickner. Obviously, they have a good relationship. That's been reported. That's been talked about for quite some time um and i know you joked about it yesterday when you said ben just needs somebody in that position that he can walk all over and not in a bad way but i think that's exactly it, it well could ben be.
1: needs to be the coordinator and fickner needs to do his detail work
2: absolutely it it is as simple as that that's i mean that's all they need to do so if it works out that way great i know that ben is a huge fan of mike munchak's um you know just in the last couple of weeks he talked about taking orders from somebody that wears a gold jacket and played in the league. And then he talked about taking orders from somebody who never played in the game is a whole different thing, which may have been a veiled shot. Um, but you know he respects Mike Munchak. Didn't I, sound too veiled to me, Bob. <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, I would have the same concerns as you did. I know well, Stush I, is, Again, I respect Mike Munchak. Sure, sure.
1: I think he's the best offensive line coach by all accounts that has ever uh, worked with the Steelers, maybe ever coached in the NFL. I mean, his resume is impeccable, and look at the way he's developed the guys here in Pittsburgh. But I don't trust the lineman to have the X's and O's acumen or the play-calling rhythm to be the offensive coordinator.
2: Plus, you'd be taking away all the detail he knows and that he has with the offensive line. That's a good offensive line. You've got them wrapped up for a while. When they're healthy, they play very well together. Uh, I think that maybe you just keep him in that position so that that's as good as it can be and then you deal with the offensive coordinator position with two guys who are very comfortable with each other.
1: So you think it should be Fichter?
2: I do. Who do you think it will be? I think it'll be him. I think it'll be Fichter. I think that they, you know, with their relationship between QB coach uh, and what Ben wants and what he's going to be comfortable with, I don't think you need to look anywhere else.
1: That's Bob McGauch, brought you by 84 Lumber. Up next, we're going to talk about rich old men with money. And then after that, we'll talk to Dejon Kovacevic, Here on 105.9 The X.